This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly starting right now, bringing emergency managers from around the world together to learn, share, and collaborate. Hey, welcome to, <coughs> excuse me, I got a little uh, cough going on. Welcome to the Ian Weekly Show. This is uh, your host, Todd DeVoe, and I have uh, Dan Scott, my co-host with me, and uh, our guest is, well, it's live TV, right? And so uh, he'll get here when he gets here. And management for you, man. That tells you, you got to go with the flow. Absolutely. Separate Gumby, right? You know, I was really looking forward to talking to, to Eric about the 30 uh, ways in 30 days, because this is National Preparedness Month, and I know it's the... Uh, we're coming up to the end of it, <clears throat> but um, did you know that National Preparedness Month has uh, themes? I did. And what's did. the theme, what's the theme for this week, Dan? Youth preparedness. Youth preparedness. What's that mean exactly? Well, it means preparing our youth. It means it means equipping them for what they need to be prepared for an emergency. I I like the idea. Of, of when you start doing youth programs, um, and I know another classmate of ours has uh, the MyPI uh, program for for schools, which is we can get into that a little bit. Um, he's actually been a guest in the show uh, as, as well, discussing that. But the youth preparedness programs, I think, are great because then you're starting, you know, at that young age. And if you think about like the Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts of America, um, you know, starting, you know, at the what almost pre-kindergarten now you know yeah, yeah um you know getting them getting ready to be prepared for things or outside they, they it's the skills that they keep with their, their entire life you know so i think more than that though i think it's more than that when you target them young you actually get the you get the parents as well when you go after the kids you I mean and you, and you educate them they 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 take it and then when you give them especially when you give them assignments mm-hmm. when they're involved in a program you give them assignments their parents have to help with that and then they learn as well, whether they want to believe it or not. Uh, parents learn as well. So that's why fire is so good at, at targeting the kids to to take it home uh, to the to the parents. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a friend of mine created a program called the Junior Paramedic Program, and he ran it in LA County, California, um, uh, for a long time. I think that the program's gone away actually. But when he was running it, it was really kind of cool because what they would do was take, it was a curriculum. It was approved by the school. It was a week long. And for an entire week, they just went over safety preparedness stuff. And they, you're right. And it gave kids homework. Um, and a matter of fact, this, the program is credited with saving lives because kids knew how to call 911. And then one of the parents were having a stroke or something and uh, they called 911 and, and, and got life safe, you know, life services there and, and save the life, you know, so programs like that do, do work, you know? Yeah. You know, even in high schools, you know, I've heard that, uh, uh, I've talked to people that have actually incorporated first aid CPR and, and other response type, uh, training in, uh, over a semester in high school, uh, because you, you know, you devote an hour a few times a week to, to a certain subject. And when they come out of that semester, they've got training in first aid CPR, uh, fire safety and these things. So, and then they get in there and they're older, an older group too. They can, they can, they can do these things. They can, they can actually perform CPR and, and, and first aid tactics. And um, some of them, you know, as, as the, this, when they develop, they want to be um, 
uh, lifeguards and they want to be, or they want to be, they would decide what they want to be a fireman or police officer. And they, they can develop these skills and these certificates to take with them to other programs. And it's, it's absolutely a benefit, not only to, to the, to the school, but to the, the individual, the youth that, that are actually attending those classes and they make it where it's not necessarily an elective. You know what I mean? It's something you, you have to learn these things, yeah. um, going through school. Yeah. When I was in school, um, high school, we had to take first aid, uh, and CPR. It was part of our health pro program, you know? So I think I forget for those our freshman year, I think it was anyway, we had to take it. Um, America Red Cross, somebody, one of those teachers, I think it was my football coach actually. Um, you know, certified everybody, took the whole thing. So that, and that was back when, when it was actually with CPR. <laughs> I don't remember, remember when CPR was actually like a hard class to take. It was, because <laughs> it changed every year. <laughs> and it still changes, but it's not every year. But, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, ultimately, and now, and, in, 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 you know, I see those, these uh, pushes all over the place for, for um, CPR and first aid to be a mandatory class before you graduate. And I think that's a great, I think that's a great initiative, you know. Uh, the more people that know how to respond to an emergency, uh, the better it is for the individual that they may be helping. And um, ultimately, as well, uh, the people that they're probably going to end up using those skills on are their family and friends. Absolutely. And oh, good. I just got some word that that Eric is here. We'll, we'll bring him here in a second. I just want to finish, though, with the, the whole youth thing is um, the Brenda Emmerich from Costa Mesa Fire Department um, in Costa Mesa, California, uh, was is one of the lead cert instructors in I, I'm going to branch out a little bit and say in the world she's she's kind of the person to go to and she um, uh, created or was part of the program that started the teen cert program and teen ambassador program for cert and it's such a cool cool program um, to 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 look at and and uh, she she just goes all over the, the world and does this stuff for the youth so you're absolutely right so before we bring um, uh, Eric on. So Kevin says a, a skill that develops into reasonable and lifestyle and accountability. Once it starts to spread through the family and the community, we're absolutely Kevin. That's absolutely correct. You know, um, I think that's um, kind of a good segue into creating skills that, that transcend through your workplace and through the community is the 30 ways in 30 days. And, and I want to bring uh, Eric Frank up on, on the screen. Eric, myself, and Dan, we were all in the Executive Academy together, and uh, uh, it was it was great. And we were on the Team 6, right? Yay. You know? Team 6. Yeah. It's like the SEAL Team, team six. 6. We're like SEAL Team 6, but not as cool, right? <laughs> not as deadly. Right. So, Eric, welcome to the Ian Weekly Show. Hey, it's good to see you guys. It's been a while. Yeah. So tell me, how did you come up with the idea of the 30 days for 30 ways for, for national preparedness month? And how's the program grown since you started it? So the, the program actually started back in 2010. And as we were leading into um, national preparedness month, um, our director at the time was tired of writing the same um, uh, announcement every single day or every year related to um national preparedness and then having it um sorry i'm at my mom's house for i'm visiting family this week and, okay. <laughs> um, 
Um, but anyways, she got tired of writing just the same same post that we did every single year, telling people to be prepared and did nothing more. So she up the, on the August 31st, we came up this challenge of giving one daily challenge each and every day for 30 days um, to help keep people better prepared. Um, over the 10 years or 11 years now, the game has actually grown to where we went that first year. We had like 30 little challenges that were competed by um, by the people that were there. But as time has went on, we've actually had players in 44 states and 38 countries. And we've had well over 25,000 pieces or, or challenges that have been completed over the, the time. What's like a sample challenge? Like what, what are one of the things that what's what's one of the ones that you like the best when you created this thing? So over the years, there's things that we do every single year, you know, like in, in, in connecting with your emergency manager. And so you know where to get your local emergency information when you need it. Those are some of the things that we do every year. We always do something related to the favorite item in your kit that you may have. We always talk about pets and and, um, and little ones or, or your littles in your family, those types of core pieces that are part of preparedness. Um, one of the ones that still sticks out to me one year that we did um, was what was the craziest item that you ever had in your kit. And we had such a great response to that one. We've also done things around, you know, talk like a pirate days and is usually September is September 19th. And we've tied that in and we've done other ones about um, pop culture to tie in some other things to really try to make it an online um, and engaging game through those years. We learned through the process at times where the one year we tried to where everybody just emailed in their answers and we realized the really the great thing about the 30 days challenge is that um, it's the engagement that happens online and so playing it on social media where people respond and put their comments on Facebook or through Twitter and then others can see those and respond really drives the conversations much more than them just um, sending in an answer to us. Good. Dude. So so where where can uh, where can does someone need to go to be able to find this uh, this program? It sounds like it's a, it's a fun thing. It sounds like you're reaching out of all not just all over the world. So where can they go to find this program? So it has its own website. You can go to 30days30ways.com and it has all of the list of each of the day's challenges so far that we've um, launched yet this year. You can go to its own Facebook page. So it's at Facebook 30 Days 30 Ways or it has its own Twitter hashtag at 30 days, 30 ways. So um, it can be found on all those platforms I share out there and you use the hashtag 30 days, 30 ways, you'll find it. Um, we've also partnered in the last several years with 30 days, 30 ways UK that made a, uh, a copy of ours a little bit and they're playing it over in the UK in a little different fashion. Um, but it's, it's available really easy to find by on our website or linking it and finding it on Facebook. Do you have related programs um, as far as uh, like fire safety week in October or other safety, um, like their CPR week in July um, and stuff like that. Do you have those kind of, that it goes with those safety um, um, programs as well, or is it just the uh, safety preparedness month? So we've always, it's always, we've always done it just during the month of September um, that ties into national preparedness month, but we have tried to tie in um, things related to fire uh, fire protection. And so we usually have done some, at least one challenge in there that's related to um, getting out of your house for doing an evacuation drill for fire safety. Uh, we tied into because of, of um, um, shakeout month happens in October. We tie it into the shakeout that leads into October. So we really try to tie it into the other themes that happen around preparedness and, and some of our partners in public safety to bring them together. And, you know, the cool part about the 30 uh, days, 30 ways program is it's, 
it makes preparedness fun. I mean, everybody, we always talk about preparedness of being like the scary thing. If you don't do it, the earthquake's going to kill you type thing. But we have to find ways to bring people into the program. I love the, I love the logo, the little flashlight guy with the hard hat on and, and the whole nine yards. Um, it's great. <laughs> we just had a, we just had a comment too. someone praising the program. So uh, they live in, they said they live in Clark County and they, they're, they're thanking Eric for, for what he does and saying that they utilize that program, which is awesome. Yeah, and here's the here's That's the, awesome to hear. Oh, go ahead, Eric. Yeah. Um, I was going to just say this year has been a little bit of a challenge with other, everything that was going on to pull it together, but we felt it was still important uh, to bring it out there. Um, the wildfires um, happened right about the time we were launching for the month, so we really haven't been able to promote it as much this month as we normally do. Um, but, yeah, it's still there, and we're still running those challenges on a daily basis. So here's a good example. There's, there's uh, our Eric right there in his, uh, in his little video that he puts on there. And this is the day 24 challenge, right? And it says for today's challenge, we want to talk about financial readiness. And I think it's, you know, that's a good thing too, is, is it's not just about having a kit built, right? It's the financial right. readiness and, and things like that, that make things really important. And, you know, even simple tips that I saw out there was like, uh, make sure that you're, you know, you keep your, uh, your car filled to half a tank and especially in areas that need to evacuate and things like, I mean, it's just great little tips like that. And I love the community that's built around it, especially on the Facebook page. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, we've, and we've done everything from cybersecurity and thinking about, you know, how to keep those documents safe and walking through and taking a video of your home and your room. So so if you do have a house fire, you have a, a record of those types of things. We really try to touch on a large gamut of things through those 30 days. Uh, we were t we've been ta talking about hand washing and sanitation long before it was the cool thing to do this year. So, you know, those are those are some issues that we talk about on a, on a regular basis. Then we try to tie in there throughout the year. Now the um, <laughs> these resources are free, right? Yes, absolutely. Everything is free, and then we award points. And so the more challenges that people actually compete and complete, and they have until midnight on the September 30th. So you can go back on September 28th, or you can be starting today, go back and, and um, answer all of the previous challenges through the month and complete as many as you can. And then we reward Amazon gift cards to the winners um, at the end of it. Yeah, that was that. So that was actually a question I was gonna ask. So you just answered it. What are they competing for? Uh, give them a little bit of an initiative or a little bit of incentive uh, to be able to jump to jump on this uh, this game. So a lot of it is, is just the bragging rights and some of the aspect of it. You know, a lot of people that are on the challenge really are there to learn and, and, and how to better build their preparedness kits. Um, but we really started to um, figure out how we can engage people more. And that's why uh, we, I award more points for people using pictures or videos. You know how social media works. It's important to have those visual components versus just a written out answer. And so I award extra points that way of trying to get that interaction with thing uh, with individuals that are playing. Um, I, I started a few years back because after doing this game for now 10 years, 11 years, I had people and players that had been doing every single year and it didn't feel fair to them to have those basic simple challenges every single year. So we added the level up. So they, every challenge has a basic level to it for the beginner, the first, their, their, maybe their introduction to preparedness or they're just getting started. But the level up that allows somebody that's maybe a little bit more along in there, they're not a prepper yet, but they're along in that, pre that process um, that gives them a little bit more deeper dive into what they can do for preparedness. Uh, that sounds good. It sounds like an amazing program. And, and, and as we've mentioned, there's so many different aspects that go to not only just 
emergency management for, for preparedness in general, making it fun. Um, and and just going back to uh, what we learned in our, our executive academy, right? Game theory, right? Making it fun, making them compete, right. making, making it something that they really want to do. Yep. So we're going to um, take a quick break. We'll be right back. Uh, and then we'll talk about a little bit more about your program and ways that uh, you're looking to maybe expand your program next year. Seconds count during an emergency. That's why at Titan HST, we connect people with the latest technology possible, whether it's mesh networking, augmented reality, or real-time translation, allowing people who need help to find help immediately. Better matters because lives matter. Are you looking for that bag to help you keep organized as you travel around? Something you could carry with you every day? Well, VanQuest was founded with a simple mission. Build the toughest bags and packs for you to carry every day and to help you stay organized and prepared. VanQuest has been making the ultra-durable bags and packs since 2011, and their bags and packs are trusted by the clients such as the FBI, the U.S. Secret Service, and U.S. SOCOM. Yes, that is the U.S. Special Operations Command. Their bags and packs offer the best organization for the user-friendly experience, such as the high-visibility interior for the users. I'm telling you something, I love that orange inside the bag because I can find the things I need quickly. I love my VanQuest bag. Don't forget, they offer free shipping, 100-day return guarantee, and a lifetime warranty. And if you put an EM Weekly, all caps, all one word, you get 10% off your total purchase. VanQuest.com. The Outer Limits Supply Company was founded on the idea of providing high-quality first aid kits. Their goal is to supply the life-saving equipment you'll need to mitigate the majority of medical or traumatic injuries often seen during austere conditions. Whether it is when you are on the outdoor adventure or your team has responded to a major crisis, the Outer Limits Supply Company provides practical, user-friendly first aid and trauma kits that anyone can use. If you enter EM Weekly at checkout, you'll receive 20% off your purchase. So go to www.outerlimitsupply.com today. Sorry about that, everybody. I, I have, you know, that seasonal changing of the weather, uh, you know, type stuff going on here. And, and uh, sure, the smoke's not helping either. Yeah, it's just been, yeah, it's been pretty crazy. So I appreciate, appreciate you taking over for a second there, Dan. So Eric, I mean, I know Dan was asked those questions before we left regarding you know changing content and stuff like that but like how how do you come up with your content because it's always like like as emergency managers we know we share and we collaborate all the time but it's like coming up with content all the time is like always hard so how what's your work process like so i usually start this process in march and i start making a list of potential challenges that i want to do and, and just making a master list that i can get 50 to 60 type um, challenges or topics that I that I would like to talk about in the year. Um, there's like I mentioned, there's about 10 basic ones that happen every single year. And so I can I can narrow that down and, and working around that. I usually use some of my volunteers and a few other people to help spread ask ideas. Um, even on the Facebook 30 days, 30 ways page, I'll put a page, a post out there asking people if there's something that they want us to to potentially add into there. And so I'll, I'll ask our, our players um, what they would like us to add into the challenges and see if we can make that work. Uh, 
once we get a little bit closer into the summer, usually I start taking that list and narrowing it down into my final 30 topics that I want to do and trying to then figure out a theme related around that um, to bring in some way of a new twist or something on that challenge. Um, and then I, I've had the opportunity in times in years past, bring somebody else in and maybe help find a different voice to write that challenge. Um, but most of the time it ends up being with me and then trying to figure out a new angle or twist to, 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 to make this the challenge a little bit different each and every year if I possibly can. Some of them, it ends up being the same thing, but I try to make it a different twist and add something a little fresh to it each year. So Michael asked, how do you uh, try to convince the community to maintain? And he says he always pushes the time change idea, changing clothes and items for fall to winter, spring, and then for late spring to summer, fall stuff. So how do you keep that going? So, yeah, that's one of the things and I've, and I've done in there is, is you know, thinking about how we keep the, the game generic enough because of having players across the entire country that there's different hazards and risks across the entire country. And so um, what I might tell my um, community in Vancouver, Washington to prepare for is completely different than somebody that lives in Florida. And so um, making sure that they have the right items in their preparedness kit and knowing what and how to tie into the local emergency management is important. Um, I do those types of challenges of when switching out my kits in, in your vehicle for the times of year and we try to write that in of thinking about how do you rotate your items how do you keep those things fresh to keep it on people's mind and thinking about it uh, this year with COVID, it, it really allowed us a new twist on a lot of things because COVID changed a lot of things that we were doing um in in talking about you know what we thought preparedness was like before um, we kind of opened the door a little bit of how to reevaluate some of the things we were doing because um, COVID changed a lot of what we thought about preparedness. It did. Nobody so it thought we'd you know, get home for some fun. <laughs> yeah, no I'm kidding. sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, nobody thought we'd be stuck at home for six months. We at least had power and electricity, you know, and, and internet, but nobody planned that, that that would be your emergency. So. Yeah, just I mean, we and we we, we got to think about the different the uh, different aspects of it. We may be stuck home, or we may be asked to leave. So we have to we have to be prepared on either either end of that. And it's hard. It's it's hard. We get complacent sometimes. How do, so? How do you um, how do you um, try and um, encourage your uh, your audience not to be complacent? Well, I really try to encourage people to, you know, fr freshness. Up until this, I, you know, I talk to people. I, I really try to encourage them to think and use events that happen every day around them, of or that happen on the globe, and how we can make that fresh into what if that would happen here. Um, you know, it, we're, it feels like we're very complacent in in preparedness, and it, unfortunately, until something happens to us, we really don't want to think about it. Um, but I really try to take some of those uh, those those things, those events that happen around the globe usually, and make sure that people are thinking, what if that happened here? And I think COVID has opened that door a little bit to for people to think that can happen here, even if you haven't had a disaster emergency in your community for years, that opportunity, that, that realistic um, thought pattern that it can happen at any time at any place. So what, what type of, um, what type of work do you do with schools, um, high schools in particular? 
So we are able to work and partner with a couple of the, a few of the high schools in Clark County. Um, I do go into part of some of their um, opt their days and, and we talk about preparedness in there. Part of my overall preparedness program that I do for uh, the agency I work for is dealing into our communities a lot more. And so I've partnered with our, some of our schools to really bring preparedness and thinking about volunteering more than anything else as part of that, as a part of be giving back to their community. Uh, I think that's a big part of them having an understanding of their community is, is that volunteer aspect of it. And then the basic pieces about being prepared for emergencies that they might happen in their community and understanding that. Do you, do you have, because um, you said, I heard you say you have volunteers. Do you have internships and, 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 and programs like that related to uh, college? So I really wish I had that program. I had a volunteer. I have a, about one volunteer that is just outstanding and amazing. That's helped me through a lot of it. She's also our volunteer program cert, um, coordinator, um, and she has stepped up to the table to help with a lot of these aspects of things that I, that I do, um, and helping do some of the events. But she's organ, and then she's able to help me organize some of our cert volunteers for when we do national night out or when we do our, our usual county fair, those types of events of staffing, you know, 10 days um, around the clock pretty much, or, you know, 12, 15 hour days, um, a staffing boost to be able to, to talk to people about preparedness or national night, night out to be able to do 17 different events in one evening around the, the community. So that's, uh, it, those are really kind of great to have that opportunity. All right, so let's uh, let's as we as we start to to sum up, tell us about your program. Give us a little pitch on your program, and how people can find you and contact you. So I work for Clark Regional Emergency Services Agency, which is the 911 emergency management um, agency for Clark County, Washington, which is in Vancouver, just across the river from Portland. Um, my main role is public information and outreach there. And so um, I'm really responsible for making sure and talking to our community about being better prepared for emergencies, understanding and happy, having them understand their role um, being part of a resilient community um, and then also sharing public information and making sure that they know where to find information when the bad things happen and so really connecting with them and making sure that they're tied into that process uh, it, it's a it's an uphill battle that you know that every time I feel like I'm gaining some place I realize there's another pocket or, or community in there that I haven't um, reached into so we're still we're, we're constantly um, trying to reach out and, and expand that messages and, and reach more into the community so, so we're, we're, we're coming to the end as we said we're coming to the end of preparedness month but we're going to be going going into um, October which comes with with the fire uh, fire awareness and also the great shakeout you have any plans for the great shakeout so we, we usually tie in that, you know, Washington State and California, Oregon all hold the shakeout on the same day. Um, some other states across the country do it on different days. So, but we really tie people in. We, we kind of highlight a little bit with our state what's going on there. Um, our agency all ties in and does the shakeout. We do some of the selfie drills where people take a picture under their desk and send it in to us. And so we, we try to really use social media and highlight um, those aspects of things and, and, and really um engaged in community to be better prepared for earthquakes. That's awesome. Eric, thank you so much for your time today. I know that, uh, you know, as, as things are moving around pretty fast up there and with uh, everything that you're doing with the 30 days and 30, 30 ways, and then also the great shakeout things coming up and all the PIO stuff that you do. And uh, thanks for taking some time out of your busy day. And also uh, tell your mom, I said, hi. <laughs> 
right. Thanks. Shout out. And it was great seeing you guys again. It's been a long time. We need to have a we need to have a reunion. So absolutely, absolutely. All right. We can do a Zoom reunion. Hey everybody, thank you so much for spending your morning with us here at TM Weekly. And and uh, you know, thank you, thank you to sponsors as well, because without them, uh, we really couldn't do what we do here. And also find us on your favorite podcast player, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and more. And don't forget to tune in to Dan Scott's show on uh on um, Wednesdays of the EM student. And of course, producer Brian, thank you for your time and uh the beautiful music that you're playing. <laughs>